This is about Parshat Shlach. And it talks about the mitzvah of tzitzis. Everybody has a talis. Everybody wears a talis when it comes, comes to show people we put on a talis. I wear also tzitzis. You see it, it's hanging out from my, from my pants. Let's learn about this mitzvah. It's in the third paragraph of the Shema. We see it. Every, every, any, any person says the Shema, not just the first line, Shema Israel, you know. Uh, counter to popular belief, Shema is much more than just one line. It's three paragraphs. Uh, this is the third paragraph of the Shema. It's in Parshat, the end of Parshat Shlach. We'll read it. Go ahead. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they shall make for themselves fringes on the corners of their garments for all generations, and they shall affix a thread of sky blue wool on the fringe of each corner. And then we have fringes of the, of the edges. If, every, if you have a, if you have a um, garment that has four corners, you have to have tzitzis to it. If it does not, does not have four corners, you don't have to put tzitzis on it. If it has only three corners, you don't have to put tzitzis on it. And many times when you have something like a blanket that you want to wrap yourself up, there is no, today there is, it's called pancho and all those meshugaisen, then you, then the, if it has four corners, what are you doing? You don't want to put tzitzis, you, cut, you make one corner, you cut off one corner, that's it. My coat that I wear on Shabbos, if you look good, one corner is round. Because if not, you'll end up putting tzitzis there. Then, uh, then this is the mitzvah, to put tzitzis there. And to put one uh, blue thread. Today we don't have the blue thread because they used to make the blue thread. We don't have the dye. The dye used to be made from a certain fish. And the fish disappeared over gen- generations since the time of the second temple. That today, the tzitzis are just white. Well, I've, I've seen, like, my dad had a talus that had the blue on. Yeah, 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 uh, But is yeah. that not kosher? Or? It's kosher, but we don't know if this is the real blue. I'm sure it's not. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's not, but it's, we no. don't know. The point is, Judaism looks of it like this. If, can you stand straight? Because you don't want to, the scenery, you want to see the whole scenery. <laughs> then then uh, I'll tell you, the blue co- color, Judaism looks of it, and if over the generations it disappeared, there is a reason. And we don't have to go to look for it. According to Kabbalah, blue is, is, it represents the judgment, the color blue. Then we, the, the fifth Chabad Rebbe said that in during time of exile, we have enough judgment. We are not looking for more judgment. We need mercy. We need chesed. White is chesed. It's kindness. Then we want more kindness. We don't need judgment. I once talked to a guy with this blue thesis. I told him, I don't know. First of all, that's the blue is not the blue that's written there. It's, written, it's almost black. It has to be black, not blue. So I, then I told him, and he told me, you need, you need judgment. Mm-hmm. Then somebody else told me, this guy is so much sore, so much judgment, you should, you should get rid of the blue. <laughs> the point is, that's the color blue. That's what you have. Continue. This shall be tzitzis for you. And when you see it, you will remember all the commandments of the Lord to perform them. And you will not wander after your hearts and after your eyes, after which you are going astray. So then, then the purpose of the tzitzit is to remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem. Okay, continue. So, so that you shall remember, perform all my commandments, and you shall be holy to your God. Oh, the, mispo- the tzitzit are made to remember the mitzvahs of Hashem. How exactly, the whole class is going to be, how exactly tzitzit reminds us about Hashem? That's the question. Then source number two says, gives an, an, a, a kind of an answer. Go ahead. Uh, source two, Rashi. Remember all the commandments. Because the numerical value of the word tzitzit is 600. 
Uh, with the eight threads and five knots, we have 613. Okay, it is a, it's, a, it's a calculation. The word tzitzit, how you spell tzitzit in Hebrew? Who knows? Tzadik. Tzadik is 90. Yud is 10. It's 100. The other tzadik? 90. The other yud is 10. Together, it's 200. Taf, how much is taf? 400. How much is together? 600. Then we have eight threads. In every tzitzit, we have eight, right? You count here, it's eight. Four and four. It's eight. Now it's 408. And we have five knots. You see the knots? 608 and five. What? 613. I mean, six, uh, yeah. 608 and five is 613. So, so this formula is wrong. Yeah. What, what is wrong? The 19 should be a 90. Ninety should be ninety. Right. This ninety should be ninety. Yes, 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 yes. Then now, but you know, to to say the tzitzis is reminding you about the mitzvahs of Hashem by knowing the word tzitzis and knowing the numerical value and knowing a little. It's a little. It's a it's a stretch, right? To say that this reminds you about God, about all the mitzvahs. No, I would say that 99.9 of the Jews who put on the talus will not know that this is supposed to remind you about. Give me. We need something more clear. Okay, number source number three. The Medrash says another explanation how tzitzis reminds us about Hashem. Go ahead. Yeah, you. Rabbi Meir said. What does blue differ? Why does blue differ from all other kinds of colors? Basically, why Hashem chose, chose blue? One thread should be blue. Because blue resembles the sea. The sea resembles the firmament, and the firmament resembles the throne of glory. Okay. And from seeing it, he will remember his Creator. Thus, it is stated, Exodus 24:10, and they saw the God of Israel, and under his feet there was something like brickwork of sapphire like the heavens themselves for brightness. Okay, then it says like this. How is how the trailer supposed to remind us about God? The color blue is a reflection, is, it reminds us of the sea. The sea is a reflection of the sky. The sky is blue. The sky is supposed to remind us about the throne of God that it's written in, 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 the, in the Bible that it was like, like a color blue. That's how it's supposed to remember about Hashem. And so the, they say that the Ten Commandments were written on sapphire. Yeah, and sapphire is so blue. Is blue. That's, that's the same thing. The same, that's another explanation. Then, what, then how are we supposed to remember about Hashem? How is the thesis for his mind us about God? You see blue? Blue reminds us the sea. The sea reminds us the sky. The sky reminds us God. It's also a little bit. You have to be a kind of a scholar for this business, right? <laughs> Mostly there is something, a better explanation, how blue reminds us, how, and first of all, we don't have blue today. Now we're going to go. Blue doesn't exist. We have only white. And white to remember all the cities, gematria is a complicated business. Here we were going with the, the whole issue. Source number five, a beautiful story from the Zohar. First Rabbi Yossi said, blessed is the path that we merit merited that interpretation. Rabbi Chaya said to him, from, who did, from whom did you hear it? Rabbi Yosef said to him, one day I was walking on the road and I heard and saw Rav Hamununa Saba expounding upon this passage for Rabbi Acha. When I heard it, I rejoiced over it and kept it bound in the corner of my garment so that it should never leave me. 
He basically said, he heard some amazing explanation, commentary, something about the coming of Mashiach. And he was so excited about that, he didn't want to forget. What he did, he made a knot by the corner of his garment. That's what he says. That's what he says, a knot, what he says then. He kept it bound. Bound. He made a bound. Okay, continue. Rabbi Chia said, certainly this holy subject was illuminated by the holy luminary. Blessed is a generation that preserves the world, which pillars dwell in it. And if you tie this interpretation with one knot, so that it shall not leave you, I will tie it with 30 or 40 knots in my pocket, so that it shall never leave me. He says the way to remember something we see from this story is to make knots. Right? Then it said, yeah, it was such, the other rabbi says, it's such an amazing thought, I would make 40 knots, 10 knots, 40 knots, not to forget it. Then we see from here that to remember something, you do a knot. Right? That's where it's going. And the whole tzitzis is full of knots. I'll give you the answer before, but you shouldn't get, get confused. That the knot of the tzitzis, in the olden days, how you remember something. You ask somebody, how you remember something? It tells me, I put on my cell phone. Before cell phone, I tell my wife, I said, if you don't have a wife. <laughs> finally, I had to come to this, of making a knot. Tie something and you write your finger, right? That means tying knot is something that you remind you. You know how many times people ask me, what is this? All over the world in the travel. Tell them, this is to remember about God, because it's something strange. Why are you wearing it? Why, what, what is hanging in your pants? What is this knot? The knot is the idea to remember things. And soon we're going to prove it even more and more. Okay, um, Mr. Dobson, you want to continue the Rebbe? Why a knot? Why a knot? <clears throat> My father's comments on, on the Zohar. My father's comments on the Zohar. The Rebbe's father was a great rabbi in a city. It's called Yekaterinoslav. Now it's called the Nipapotrovsk in, in Ukraine. It was a big city, then either, too. And, and he was a, he was a, an unbelievable scholar. Really a great, great mind. He knew the old, everything. And he was a big Kabbalist. And what happened is, in 1939, he was arrested by the, by the communists because he, saw, he baked matzah for all the Jews in Ukraine. It was the time of communism, the worst time of communism. Before Pesach, they arrested him and they sent him to Chile. Where is Chile? No, 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 not this Chile. Not in Kazakhstan. Behind Kazakhstan, it's... Uh, it doesn't ring a bell. Chile, Chile. Chilebinsk. Mm. Where? Where is it? Chile. Was in Siberia. Now, some, then, on the way, when he finished after five years, he went back to Almata in Kazakhstan. That was already considered the good part. Before he went to a place called Chile. Chile. No, something. It's not. It's not Chile. No. Not Chile. 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 Chile, I'm telling you, there is a place, Chile, guys, you don't know everything. <laughs> I bet there is such a place. In any case, there is such a place. In any case. <laughs> if it's not, it should be, right? If there is such a place. I, I don't want to ruin this, but I would find it. <laughs> I read about, I mean, it's for sure such a place. And in any case, it was five years in exile then. And they didn't let him to take any books. He, could, he only took three books. One of the books was a Zohar. And he wrote comments on the Zohar. 
commentaries, and he wrote very short because under quotation. Then, uh, then uh, he wrote very short comments because, and he wrote it in different type of things. There was, in nine, between 1939 and 1944 in Russia, there was no paper, no ink, no nothing that his wife used to make for him. She, was, she joined him in exile for a short time. The government punishment was exile of five years in this God-forsaken place. And she joined him for part of the exile. And uh, she, she, she used to make for him, she, knew, she learned how to make ink and used to write with this ink and therefore the ink is in different colors. They, we, have the, we have this book now. The ink is in different colors and he wrote short comments and the book itself and the notes in the bottom of the book because he didn't have paper. And this is one, he wrote on this story in the Zohar, he made a comment. And the Rebbe, every time when he had a fabric and used to take out of honoring his father, is to take one point and expound on this. That's how it starts. In my father's comment, go ahead, I'm sorry. He quotes the following teaching of the Zohar, that the sages of the Mishnah and heard an incredible teaching regarding the Messianic era. Because this teaching was so dear to them, they tried a they tied a knot on the corner of the garment to ensure they would not forget it. This is a source of the common saying that a knot is a helpful for forgetfulness. This is the source. It says if the story in the Zohar that the, 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 the sages of the Talmud heard an, an incredible explanation about the messianic era, and they were so excited, but they made a tie. That's we know. Then you make it, to remember something, you have to make a tie. Why we do a knot? We can do other things. Why a knot? Why is the custom to do a knot? That's the question. Some, you, may, yeah, you want to continue? Let her continue. Some explanation. Uh, Explain. That that. That that. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to read <laughs> is uh, usually straight. So the presence of a knot is an unusual feature. Uh, therefore, when he later sees the string, he will notice the unusual feature and then remember the reason why he made it. Then, because usually if something is hanging straight, you see a knot, you say, why a knot? That, that will remind you. That's a regular explanation. But, but if that is the reason, any usual feature will suffice. Any unusual feature will suffice. He could leave a belt on the table or draw a line on the wall, a garment, or any other place. Those would also be considered something unusual to serve as a reminder. Anything, to, anything strange will remind you. Why you need that? Why is the knot? But since we are specifically told that a knot is made, and not just any unusual feature, and this is described and elaborated on in, at length, it indicates a regular unusual feature isn't enough to serve as a reminder. It is specifically a knot, which will serve as a lasting reminder. This raises the question why. Why, 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 why? Continue. Why the use? Next page, there is another two lines. Down. Why did the butler use knots as a reminder? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Use oh, yeah, okay. That's, okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry. You're right. 
Um, Michael, you want to continue? Yeah, the use of the Nazis as a reminder is also found in the story of Pharaoh's butler. Mm -hmm. And Judas said to him, this is the meaning, and three uh, tendrils are three days. In another three days, Pharaoh will number you with the other officers, and he will restore you to your position. And you will place Pharaoh's cup into his hand according to your previous custom, when you wear his cup bearer. But remember me when you think things go well with you, and please do me a favor and mention me to Pharaoh, and you will get me out of this house. For I was stolen from the land of Hebrews, and here too I have done nothing for which they put me into the dungeon. Okay, here is the story. We all know the story, some of us, most, most of us. The story is that, that, that Joseph was in jail for a long time. At this point it was 10 years. And, he, he, and, and later, almost, in the late, almost by 10 years, two people were put in jail, the butler and the baker. Because they did, they served the, the king, Pharaoh, with the wrong, the wrong food. One person had the, in, in, his, in, his, in his bread, he had a, a little stone. The other person had a fly in the cup, very good. And then they had a dream, right? And in the dream, they didn't, couldn't explain the dream. And they asked for Joseph to explain, to interpret the dream. And he told them, they didn't ask. Joseph saw the faces, they, were, they had long faces in the morning, they were in a bad mood. Joseph asked him, why are you in a bad mood? They're in jail, why they're in a bad mood, I question. Mm -hmm. But Joseph, even in jail, was never in a bad mood. He never gave up, gave up hope. And he asked him, why are you in a bad mood? They told him, they told him the dreams, and he told, one, he told the, the baker, Pharaoh is going to hang you in three days. He told the butler, Pharaoh is going to reinstate you in your, in your job, right? And then he told to the butler, when you make it, please tell the king that there is a Hebrew boy sitting in, a, in jail for no reason. No, I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm so long here and I don't have anybody to help me. Okay. Ah, yeah, yeah, we're getting there. Continue. Came about on the third day, Pharaoh's birthday. The Pharaoh made a feast for all his servants and he counted the chief cupbearer and chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief cupbearer to his position as a cupbearer and he served the cup on Pharaoh's hand. And the chief baker was hung, as Joseph has interpreted to them. But the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, and he forgot him. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, that's what he just said. He reinstated him, but the, but, the, but the butler didn't remember Joseph. He didn't remember him, and he forgot him. Double. Okay. Now comes the message with an amazing thing. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. But the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. All day he would create conditions and, um, and the angel would come and overturn them. He would tie knots and the angel would come and untie them. Now, the, the, the butler wanted to remember. He created conditions that he will see Pharaoh, he will tell him that. And somehow he used to forget. He used to make knots. To remember, should remind the knots or remind him. And the angel, somehow the nuts fell apart, and he was not able to remember Joseph to tell him that. To tell it to Pharaoh. It means to say what the marriage wants to say. God didn't want him to remember. He tried, and he tried, and he tried, and he forgot. You know, sometimes you want to tell something to somebody, and every time when you see him, you forget. Happens to me pretty often, never. Right? Where, where's this coming from? Medrash Rabbe. But where did... How? 
Some explain is no, he wanted, he was against Joseph. He did things he wanted to get him even in bigger trouble. And God untied them. But the literal meaning, continue, but. So the simple meaning of the Midrash is, as other um, commentators explain, that he employed method to avoid forgetting Joseph. But he nevertheless forgot because God untied the knots and made him forget until the right time of yeah, he, for, he didn't want to forget. He was a nice guy, the, the bottler. He tried to remember. God made him forget again and again and again. But what we want to learn from him, how he tried to remember? By making nuts. Again nuts. What is the nuts business? Go ahead. Uh, why did God want him to forget? Oh, you read now. This explains... This explains why the verse continues to say, and it happened at the end. In other words, this is the reason God made bu- the butler forget. Because he ha- uh, because had he remembered it earlier, it wouldn't have happened at the appropriate time. From this story, we see that the butler used, speci- uh, used specifically tying knots as a method of remembering. But the, que- the, question to your ans- the answer to your question is... The Parsha starts when he, when he came out, when he finally, he, uh, the whole story, how he came out from jail. What well, the cat means, the time for Joseph to go out from jail. Until the time came, Joseph had to be in jail. That even if the butler tried to take him out, God said, it's not time yet. Then if you try to remember, you'll forget. Because everything happens because God wants to. The right time, God plans, everything happens the right time in the right place. Then if you try very hard, it doesn't work out. And that's, that's why God made him to forget. God made him to forget because it was not yet Joseph's time to go out. Why? There's another thousand explanation, but that's the bottom line. One second, one second. Okay. The ultimate forgetfulness. Then we see, so far we see two stories. From the Zohar, one from the Zohar, one from the Medrash. That how you remember something, but tying a knot. That's what this is all about, tying a knot. Not the calculation of the numbers that is uh, tying knots is the way to remember. That's why the knot of the city is supposed to remind you about Hashem. Now we have a cell phone. It's very hard to know that knots are reminding us. But the question where it's going is, oh, now we'll see where the question is going. Give, give you a bother to read. Now what you read. You read this paragraph. Yeah. Uh, the ultimate forgetfulness, the rabbi. It is known that all physical realities are a reflection of the spiritual source. It is therefore clear that the main role of a knot as a... Uh, uh, as, as a memory device in, 
is in holy matters, and as a result, it is reflected in worldly matters as well. Okay, I want to tell you, here is a concept, very important concept. Everything that happens in this world is a reflection on the above. Means to say, because it happens by God, that's why it happens by us. That's how Chesedes looks at the world. This world is just a... If you want to know how God operates, you look on, you look on your life. You look on the world. But where it started, what's the cause and what is the outcome? The cause is God. This is the outcome. I'll give an example. What are you ready to do for your children? Everything. Everything. What are your children ready for, to do for you? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> what... <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why is it? Why is it like this? The, let's ask the question better. How much I'm ready to do for my children? Everything. How much I'm ready to do for my parents? Not everything. That's a fact. It's a fact of life. For your child, you drop everything and you run. For your parents, you not drop everything and you run. That's a fact. You'll tell me, my brother do it, my sister do it, my this do it. For your child, you wouldn't, you wouldn't wait for a second. You drop everything, you fly anywhere. Right? Why is it? I'll tell you why. Because God is the loving father and he's ready to do everything for his children for us. We are the children. We are not ready to do everything for God. That's why in the physical world, it's a reflection of the same thing. And it's about everything in life. Whatever you see, this world is a reflection of the spiritual world. Then if there is, what the Rebbe is going to say, if there is nuts in the physical world, must be as a spiritual Reality that causes the physical world to do nuts. Because in the spiritual world there is something like nuts, that's why in the physical world it's also coming like this. That everything in this world happens because that's how God operates. That's why it reflects in the physical materialistic world. And it's about everything in life. When you look good, you'll see it in everything. And everything that God tells us to do, himself is doing, it all comes from him. And then it, it plays out in the physical world. Then the question is, where in the spiritual world is the concept of a nut? Yeah, go ahead. So you're saying that God is our father, but you're also saying that we're married to God. Yeah, that's a good question. And we also say that God is our king. Yeah. Yeah, and now it can be everything. There in certain types, there is different levels of relationships. Certain relationship is like a husband and a wife. In certain relationship is like a father and children. Certain relationship is like a king and, and uh, subjects. And God, and there is, in different ways, we have to relate to God in different, and it depends on the day, depends on the time, depends on the level of relationship. Yeah? We go from level to level. You start as a king and a subject because you start from a point of fear of God. <laughs> like your father wakes you up in the morning, guys. Oh, no. You better do it, right? Yes. Or else. <laughs> oh, oh. Like, you know when you need to go to the prom that dance uh-huh. the father will come with you instead of a boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> I see where it's going <laughs> then the point you start is because we cannot start a relationship but just to start from a place of authority I have to do, God, do what God wants even I don't like it you start God is the king and I have to do it then we develop a love and it's like a couple who is married, who is in love. But the, the strongest bond is, is between a parent and a child. Because you see, love relationship, a couple is married, they can also get divorced. 
A parent for my child can never get divorced. That means it's the strongest bond. Then it's a, it's a journey. You start as a, God is the king and you're afraid of him because it's the basics, because you always have to have to respect, because it's only love. Oh, I love God so much, I'll do whatever I want, because I think it's good for him. I'll, do for, I'll tell my wife what is good for him, because I love her. Well, don't tell her what to do. She's, she, every, every fear of your wife also, it's also very important. <laughs> you understand? That, then it starts as king in a subject, it goes to marriage, and it reaches all the way to, to, father, to father, parent, and child. Because this is something unbreakable. Then all three of them are true. It's a good question. Thank you. Okay, you, you continue. You. You. Me? Yes, you. <laughs> By the way, yesterday, if you were to be popular a little early, those are your Bar Mitzvah parsha, if I remember correct, right? Nasa. Nasa, right? Yesterday you were reading Nasa. If I would remember a little earlier, I would tell Rabbi Shimon to talk to you, to repair. maybe you would have a chance to read it. I remember you reading Nasa. You did a great job. <laughs> How old are you now? Uh, 16. So three years past. You can remember. It's like riding a bike. You get right back. <laughs> okay, at least, we, at least read this. It's easier than reading from the top. <laughs> right here, on top of the page. Right. Yeah. The Nasa to Torah and Remembrance by means of a knot is found in the Torah in the mitzvot of the of Tevilin and Tzitzi. Mitzvot that are as important as the entire Torah. Regarding Tefillin, the verse says, And they shall be a sign on your arm and a reminder between your eyes. Meaning that Tefillin serves as a reminder for all the mitzvot. Right? Tefillin and tzitzis, these two mitzvahs, are reminders about God and the mitzvahs. Go ahead. Regarding tzitzit, the verse says, And when you see it, you will remember all the commandments of the Lord. The numerical value of the word tzitzit is 600. And together with the eight strings and five knots, it equals 613. The number of mitzvot, tzitzit, thus serves as a reminder for all the, of the mitzvot. Mm-hmm. Uh, both tefillin and tzitzit are associated with time. Regarding tefillin, the verse... We're associating with a, with a knot, I would say, not with tying. I think that would be the, right, the better word to use it. Right? With a knot. Yes. With a Kesha, go ahead. Regarding oh, tefillin, go ahead, maybe not. Go ahead, continue. Regarding Tefillin, the verse says, And you shall tie them as a sign. Both the knots on the head and the hand, Tefillin. There is two knots in the Tefillin, right? In the end film, there is a knot right there in top. It's a very complicated knot, but there is a knot that shows it like a yud. Mm-hmm. And the Tefillin in the, in, the, in the top is also a, as a knot. In the back of your Tefillin, that keeps the all. The whole film keeps together. It makes it like a crown on your head. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in tzitzis? Uh, tzitzis have five knots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's therefore clear that there is a relationship between knots and remembering. That the formal uh, generates the latter. Then we see here that there is a connection. Whenever the Torah gives us a mitzvah to remember, it's associated with knots. Obviously, not tying something is a way to remember. Phil and cities, both of them have not. Okay. Um, this is stated explicitly regarding TT. As uh, Alter Rabbi explains, the main purpose is to serve as a reminder of all the mitzvah. Like when a person requests something from his fellow... He, t- he ties knots on his belt in order to remember. He ties, that was the old way to tie knots on your belt to remember. 
that we see that it's, it's the old, the nuts of the cities is to, is to, as a reminder. And it can be suggested, go ahead. It can be suggested that the knot of the tefillin serves the same purpose. Very good. Then this now we know more clear than tefillin and tzitzis. Both of them are connected to a knot. But why not? What if by God knots? Go ahead. Forgetfulness. <clears throat> forgetfulness, forgetfulness, forgetfulness. What do you forget? Tell me what do you forget and what do you remember. You kids, what do you remember what do you forget? You forget sports? Homework. Mm-hmm. Why you forget homework and you don't forget sports? Because you don't want to do homework. <laughs> ah! True, very true. Continue. As this uh, pertains to our divine services, forgetfulness comes from Kalipa. Kalipa, yeah. Kali- uh, Kalipa. Very good, yeah. Done fully. <laughs> if it's God, tell them you're busy. <laughs> Busy learning Torah. <clears throat> okay, Shh. forgetfulness uh, the comes. Holy side. Yeah. Regarding wholeness, the uh, the serve set. Holy side. What's uh, the un only side? The hand only side. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. And the verse says there is no forgetfulness before your seat of honor. This mm-hmm. means that forgetfulness exists up to and including God's seat of honor, mm-hmm. but not above it. Mm-hmm. The unholy side of Kalipa derives that it is uh, its life force from the seat of honor and no higher than that. As the verse says, the seat is not complete. Okay, let's continue the next paragraph. We'll give a better explanation. We'll understand better. In our divine service, Forgetfulness is the source of the very concept of a sin, and remembrance removes the holy, the whole possibility of a sin. Basically, why we sin? Because we are forgetful. If we wouldn't be forgetful, we would never sin. And now comes the explanation. Forgetful, like yesterday, in yeah. the part you talked about, you're, you get foolish, and you commit a sin. Not forgetfulness, but more it's a, foolish. It's, a, it's the same, same thing. thing. It's the same idea. Yeah, it's about a sota, it's written, she, she, that comes from stupidity. If you, if you would not be forgetful, it would never happen. And now explains why. Okay, uh, why? Right, right, why? What? You want? Okay. Mm-hmm. Why? The Jewish people um, are believers, the children of believers. We are considered believers, children of believers. A Jew is a believer in God. No matter how much he screams he's an atheist, he's still a believer in God. I saw it a million times, but go ahead, continue. Each and every Jew truly believes that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and everything they contain. Creation wasn't only during the sixth day of creation. God renews the act of creation every day in His kindness. Every day and every moment, God renews all of creation from absolute nothingness, like during the six days of creation. What well, the Rebbe is saying here, God, is cre- God didn't create the world once and he retired to Florida. He's constantly creating the world. Just like your computer needs to be constantly connected to the electricity. The moment you put out the electricity, the whole thing, the screen disappears. Just like an inflatable. 
As long as it's connected to the electricity, it's working. The moment you pull it out, it, is, it collapsed by itself. God created the world in such a way. God could create the world in a way that it's self-sustained and, 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 and it doesn't have to renew it. But God created the world in a way that is constantly renewing the world. Every second the world is created again, new and new. Then it's not the world from yesterday. It's not the world from two weeks ago. It's not the same thing again. People say, again Pesach, again Rosh Hashanah. It's not again. It's a new Pesach and a new Rosh Hashanah that was never existing before. And every minute is a new minute. So, continue. Remembering God prevents sin. This raises the question when a Jew knows and recognizes that at this very moment, God is renewing the creation of the world, ex nihilo, and God's power will be required to continue to renew the world a moment later. How is it possible that he should succumb to his personal desires, regardless of how strong they are, and transgress God's will? He knows that his entire existence and his desires is dependent on and being created by God at this very moment. If you would feel and remember that God creates the world every second, if I would feel it, I would never do something against God. I'm every second dependent on His kindness. That I'm going to cut off my connection with Him. Crazy? Continue. There may appear to be a various obstacles to divine service, but a Jew knows with absolute certainty that these obstacles themselves were created by God ex nihilo at this very moment. Even the optic obstacles for Judaism. Somebody tells you, oh, the people are against God, the people are against Israel, the people are against this. Even them are created, even they are created by God. Continue. They certainly then can't be true obstacles to Judaism. How could they be obstacles to fulfilling God's will if they were created by him right now? That must be, then I have to just overcome it. And I have to, they are not obstacles, they are challenges to bring out the best of me. Know the difference, what's a challenge is? If your wife goes out of town, suddenly you learn how to cook. <laughs> you, you, it's a, it's, you, God wants, sometimes God gives you ups, uh, challenges to bring out powers in you that you didn't know that you have them. You know, sometimes you have a big test, you have to go some, do something unbelievable. And you, you think, I will never be able to do it. But you're forced to do it, and you discover you, do it, you, can, you can do things that you never, you never did. Everyone in, his life, in our life has it. I mentioned that over the years. Uh, the guy here in Solon, that he worked for his father. His father was a millionaire. And he was in the business. And then he married a woman who wanted to send the kids to Hebrew Academy. It was the only Jewish day school, 40, 50 years ago in Cleveland. And he sent the kids to Hebrew Academy. And one day his father came to him and told him, you have two choices. Or you pull out your kids from Hebrew Academy, or you are out of my, of my business. His wife was stronger than them. <laughs> he threw him out of his business. And then he started a new business and he became a millionaire in his own right. That he told me, he told me many times, he told me, this thing that my father, my father did me the biggest favor. Basically, God did him the biggest favor. God saw the guy as potential, he can do it on his own. He now is dependent on his father, who is a control freak and a dictator. God told him he could do it. That God had to force him to throw him out of the business that he should learn and go and go to do something on his own. He, did, he, he was afraid to do it. He was afraid. Then we look at life as challenges. That if something, now you can say, look, I want to send my kids to Jewish day school. Look what, what is God doing to me? Look what God, I'm losing my job because of that. Later he discovered that was the best thing ever happened to him. That's how we have to look at life. Then the obstacles are also from God. Continue. The only possible explanation for conduct not in accordance with God's will 
is forgetfulness. At the time of transgression, he forgets that God is creating the world ex nihilo at this very moment. If this knowledge was engraved in his memory, sin would be an impossibility. And moreover, the very thought of sin would also be impossible. He would. Rabbi just said something I could never even imagine. Uh, Jew and a control freak? No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> Jews don't, when the Jews decide something that that's right, they want to force the whole world to do it. Mm-hmm. Not just their own family. Continue. Very good. What's, what's the advice? Oh. Overcoming forgetfulness, the Rebbe. The way to improve one's memory and thereby thwart sin that arises from forgetfulness is by tying a knot. Why tying a knot? That's a spiritual explanation. Source 7. Go ahead. Midrash Rabbah on Leviticus. Rav Huna said, If one committed a sin, he is liable to death by heaven. What can he do to remain alive? If he was accustomed to learn one page of Torah a day, he should learn two. If he was accustomed to one chapter, he should learn two. Then he st- if, he should, if, he, if he had a... Back set, he, he, went, he went down the wrong direction. And he wants to do tshuva. If you learned one page a day, double down. Learn two. If you learned one chapter, learn two. Double on that. Um, what if you need to remember something and you don't have strength? Oh, well, one second. I'll tell you. Tanya, Hachuva, night. This resembles a rope that is severed and then re-knotted. The sight of the knot is twofold and fourfold thicker than the rest of the rope. When you make a knot, this, if a place cartoon and you knot it and you tie it, the real way to tie is to make two knots. For example, your shoes. You don't tie only one knot, you tie one and then you make another one to keep the, the first one. Then the place where the, where the was got cut off and then you tie it is much stronger now because it's a double knot, right? It means, what is a knot? A knot is and be going to the same place and making it even stronger. That's what a knot is all about. Yeah, I think double down would be the right expression for this. Doing it double this. Double knot. So, so it is with the rope of God's heritage, with the soul's bond with its source. Exactly. The, the, you see, the rope, the rope of God's heritage is the soul, every soul of every person. We are, we, the, the Yonishome is, a, is like a 613 strings in a big rob. Some robes are being cut off. You forgot to do a mitzvah. Then this mitzvah, you go and you nod it. What do you mean you nod it? You make sure you're doing it better than ever. Let's say there is a custom. I'll tell you something interesting. If somebody forgot to light candles on Friday night, she will start to light ex- one extra candle from now on. Then, mm-hmm. Double, the same idea. You double down, you, you do something extra. Because you forget to light candles, you light a third candle, that all, you, the law is to light two candles. There is women I know who light three candles. Why? Because one time there was, they were in the world, they, were there, they forgot to light a candle. They, they, no, they, they didn't forget. They, they didn't have the opportunity. They will light another candle just as a way to remember. That's exactly the point. When you, when you do something, you, and it's also, when you, you, if you make a mistake, you will never make the same mistake. You, you forgot something, and you, you didn't miss it because you didn't know how to do it. You, did, you, will make, you will never make the same mistake again. That because you do something extra, it should never happen. You know already, 
This year I take you take more precaution. I go earlier. I do this. Go ahead. Our sages say that if a person wants to atone for a sin, if he was accustomed to learn one page of Torah a day, he should learn two. If he was accustomed to one chapter, he should learn two. The Alta Rebbe compares this to a rope that is severed and then reknotted, in which the side of the knot is twofold and fourfold thicker than the rest of the rope. In other words, the purpose of a knot is to powerfully bind two things together in a twofold and even fourfold connection. In Jewish law, the double knot is considered permanent. That's idea, it's all idea about that double knot to, to strengthen and continue. Remembering God prevents sin. This explains the connection between tying a knot and remembering. Through, through being tied to holiness with a double and triple knot, all forgetfulness is removed. This is emphasized in the mitzvot of tzitzit and tefillin that are associated with remembrance. These mitzvot tie the Jewish people to God in such a way that denies any possibility of sin. This is expressed in the intentions we are to have in mind while observing these mitzvot. While covering ourselves with tzitzit, one should contemplate that God commanded us to wear tzitzit in order to remember to observe all of his mitzvot. And when putting on tefillin, one should contemplate God's oneness, that he has the power to do as he wishes in the heavens and on earth. And through wearing tefillin, one remembers the Creator. Then the whole idea of the mitz- these two mitzvahs is to tie you to God. To remind you, to not let you forget about God. If you don't forget, the whole problem is forgetfulness. I forget that God exists, then I do whatever I want. If I would have this awareness, I would never do it. He decides another portion that it's the story of the golden calf. Right? God when the Jewish people made the golden calf, God wanted to destroy the Jewish people, and then Moses gave him an ultimatum, and then and, and then God forgiven to the Jewish people. And Moses went up to Mount Sinai to pray for forgiveness. And then there is a story that God showed God told them how what to do to ask for forgiveness. How to do it? Then the Medish says something very interesting. Go ahead. Um, in that uh, yeah, portion, yeah. We, we read about Moses' effort, efforts to rectify the sins of the golden calf, the source of all later sins. The source of all later sins. It all started from the golden calf. All the Tzores. Go ahead. Uh, through repentance, prayers, and asking for mercy. As the verse says, I will let my goodness uh, passed before you, and I will proclaim the name of God before you. Russia explains that God was teaching Moses a structure of prayer. God was teaching Moses how to pray. You know, we say, and the high holidays, we say it every day, really in the evening, Hashem, Hashem, Kelachom, Vechanon, the 13 attributes of mercy. This is what God taught Moses by the golden calf story when he was at Mount Sinai. Continue. He saw God wrapped in Oh, Rashi explains that God... Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Rashi yeah, yeah. explains that God was teaching Moses the structure of, the, of prayer. He saw God wrapped in a talit, announcing the 13 attributes of mercy. God looked to Moses as, a, as somebody in Atalus. Whatever it means, it was a vision. Like a, like, like a chazn in Atalus, 
saying the 13 attributes of mercy. He basically told Moses, if you want my, my mercy, that's what you should do. Continue. And he was to teach the Jewish people to do the same. By mentioning God's mercy and kindness, they will be answered and never turn back empty-handed. This version concluded with, uh, this vision concluded with, with, and you will see my back, which Rasha explained means that God showed the knot of his thick It's written in the Torah, you'll see, you cannot see my face, but you'll see my back. Rashi says, what means see God's back? He showed them the knot of the film from your back of your head. What does this mean? He showed them, it's all about a knot. It's all about tying stronger. Think about a marriage. A marriage, people are in love, they run, then it fell apart. If they get together again, the knot is much stronger. That comes even stronger. Then that's, that's what it's all about. The, the, the coming back, it's all about the knot. God showed them the knot. He says, you see the cashier? It's all about iskashos. Iskashos means a connection. To be connected by Hasidim, it's all about a connection to the Rebbe. If you are connected to the, why you put a picture of the Rebbe in my house? When I see the Rebbe, I remember God, the Rebbe, how can you do it to the Rebbe? There is a chosid, who is to say to himself, I mean, he's to look in the mirror and says, how can I, a chosid, do such a thing? But the big, the big thing is by every chosid, I can tell you that. He thinks to himself, I have to see the Rebbe, I better be a match because the Rebbe will give one look at me, he will know where I am standing. <laughs> The same thing because God is, is a spiritual concept. It's harder to a human being. The Rebbe is a human being, a picture. It's easier to... But the idea, what's the Rebbe supposed to do to you? To make you closer to God, to connect you to God, to remind you about God. That's what the Kesher... The Kesher is a physical thing too. Why is the Kesher... The, the, why is the knot of the film, the knot of the titties? You look of it and you remember God. They are all things of remembrance. But why not... Because not between God and the Jewish people, double, make, learn to double the match, light another candle, the same thing, it reflects in a physical way with knots. You understand? What is a knot? To, double, to make a double knot. That's what the knot is all about. It's all to reminding you about God. That's why the film and the tzitzis are all connected with knots, because this is a reminder of the real knot. You want to connect to God, double down. Do, do the double what you did before. You made a mistake, you failed, double it. Go ahead. Finish, uh, let your daughter to finish the last paragraph. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the star of the show. <laughs> uh, we see here that the proper method of asking for divine mercy in order to remove and rectify sin is associated with talit and tefillin. This is because uh, tzitzit and tefillin emphasize remembrance through their knots. They ensure that we remember God, and this removes the cause odd probability of sins. And then the reason now what you learned there, the reason why the knot is the way to remember to for remembering in this physical world, because spiritually we say that if you made a mistake in a mitzvah, you didn't do something, the next time you do double. That's why in the physical world it reflects, then you do a double knot. That's what it's explanation. Then how cities remind you about God? The knot. That's what it's all about. Thank you for joining.